Hi everyone, it's your girl, Dr. Tomi, better known as Ama Aba. So thank you for tuning in to this week wellness and Wahala podcast. For you all tuning in for the first time, I am a public health practitioner, a doctor, public health epidemiologist, and I wanted to start this podcast to give you good public health tips. But also in Nigerian pidgin, wahala means problems, issues. A lot of us um, in our lives would face some type of problem or wahala. And I think that it is great to have tips and, you know, be open and transparent about different issues that we've had and, and what were the lessons that we learned from it and, and how to, you know, give advice um, and share our experience so other people can either... Um, avoid those wahalas or if you're going through it um, to encourage you and empower you that you know you will go through it it's just a process and and give you tips to expedite um, and 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 crush that wahala wisdom bits but um, I'm gonna kick off this podcast with my African proverbs of the week I have two African proverbs so I believe this year is 2020 and and the Hebraic year is 5780 and when you put 5780 together actually equals 20 so it's just very strategic in alignment double portion blessing the year of the mouth and um my African proverb, the first one this week is coming from Ghana, and it says, A smile is the strongest weapon in the battle of a life. Once again, a smile is the strongest weapon in the battle of life. And the other proverb of the week is also from Ghana, which is a lazy man builds a house only with his mouth. Once again, a lazy man builds a house only with his mouth. When you they talk too much, you know, so this is that's a proverb on self-delusion. Like yo, you know, stop talking. Talk is cheap. And I think this is the year where we have to use wisdom and discernment. And, um, you know, as you write your plans, not just speak about it. You know, you can speak about it after it comes to first, for, you know, it's a fruition. As my mother would say, ah, let, the, let us, let people see the fruits of all your labor. You know, when you're laboring, you don't have to talk. You know what I'm saying? So and when you're going through the process, you know, it's not all the time to talk because not everybody is for you. When you have dreams and visions, not everybody has your back. So um, the first proverb is about friendship and love. A smile is the strongest weapon in the battle of life. And uh, a lot of people say, I have a cute smile. I got cute dimples. God has blessed me with some nice dimples. Um, so I, I, I feel blessed to always brighten somebody else's day with a smile. And, you know, it don't cost anything, but it makes a very big difference um, when you smile at somebody else, um, especially when that person is going through some wahala. Because as they say, you know, fellahi, we say, ah, people, we, they suffer and smile. Our people are suffering mentally, emotionally, you know, depressed and everything. And they're smiling like everything is okay, putting on the front, especially in our, our black and African community. We do that a lot. A lot of us, they suffer, but we, they smile like everything is okay and everything, no, they okay. But um, when somebody smiles, you know, 
gives you an encouraging word. It's the strongest weapon, um, one of the strongest, at least, in the weapon in the battle of life and, and, and my strongest weapon um, is my faith in, in, in God um, but you have to put your faith in action so and you know even in the Bible it says faith hope and love but the strongest is love so showing the love um, is is um, is great and love conquers all really so that's my African proverb of the week now um, this time of the year a lot of people are doing like 20 day 21 days fasting you know praying and I just like to use this time not just for fasting and prayer I think it's good but also to like try to get back in alignment get back on track not just for the year like people put in um you know what is my you know yearly goal new year goals um, but mine, I actually try to then further down. So I first reflect. Um, I'm in a period of reflection over the past 10 years because we just entered into a new decade. Like all that I've accomplished, like in 10 years, the past decade, like I had a baby, got married, got divorced, got my doctorate, you know, um, got a good job, some crazy jobs, got laid off, went through depression, you know, had to see a good mental health counselor and, and spiritual counselor. Shout out to them. Apostle Adeyemi, Ade Farasi, I call him Triple A, um, Pastor Bayesha, pastors in Jamaica and Kingston, um, and then Kamalu, Pastor Kamalu in Kingston, um, the other one in Mapin, um, Pastor Bayesha, and also um, my pastor here in the ATL, Pastor Michaels and Mountain West, shout out to him. And also um, Pastor Dr. Kola, who is my mental health counselor that I see, is really um, strategic to to um, to have your mental state. You know, I've said this before on my other episodes, but, you know, a lot of the battles that we have in Wahala is in our mind, you know, and the one, the internal battles, as one of my counselors has, has, has pointed out, you know, one of the things which I really like, it stuck to me, is that the internal wahalas and battles that we have is even more um, detrimental to our health than the external or the perceived external, you know, wahalas and attack. Not that we don't have external attacks and, and wahalas, but the one inner, like our inner mindsets and, 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 and the things that we fight, you know, and think about or perceive or fear, you know, actually hurts us more. So, you know, to really um, overcome those type of wahalas is good to see a counselor and to address a lot of those fundamental issues that, you know, that cause you a lot of pain. A lot of us have been through some pain and trauma. We have not fully healed and purged from it. Um, so I think it's very important. I, I believe, you know, as a firstborn, I especially have a lot of pressure to set the pace, to set the president, because if, you know, if I fuck up, you know, excuse my language, you know, <laughs> that that doesn't set a good examples for my two younger sisters and, you know, now my daughter. So it, I have a lot of pressure for me. You know, I look at it for my family, my inner circle, and then, you know, for my generation, you know, for the for my community members and the nations and the people and the ministries and just the people within my cashmere that I am able to influence directly or indirectly. 
that um, I need to, to have myself together. So it's good to look back on this past decades and see, you know, what are the things I'm doing well? What are my strengths? And keep doing it like a SWOT analysis. SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And just, you know, do a SWOT analysis on myself. Um, I believe, like my dad used to say, oh, life, not lessons and blessings, you know, that you don't have any regrets. Like, you do stuff, you know, yes, you sin, you repent, you know, you you look over your mistakes that you have, but you learn from them. It's, it's, it's messed up when you don't learn from them. So, it's very critical that um, we do an assessment of what we've done well, what we've messed up, and what we know that we need to prune out of our lives, you know, and some bad habits we need to... Um, to dig deeper some things you know like I've seen a lot of like bad patterns and habits and and just generational curses that I just need to break and as a firstborn you know it's it's very strategic for me to try to stop it within my generation because I don't want it to pass down to my sisters and my daughters and my you know children's children um to come so I need to go through a lot of like spiritual pruning and, you know, and then go through like a season of also repentance um, because I think this, you know, as you go into a new decade, you know, this is a season of revival and and restoration and um, is is strategic not to, to, to repeat mistakes <laughs> of the past decade. Um, so really outlining um, those bad patterns and mistakes uh, and lessons of, you know, some of those wahalas that I've experienced and even those that are around me have experienced. You know, we have parents, we have elder ones, mentors that have experienced wahala and, you know, they have been open with us and and, and gave us advice. Like, look, this is how I messed up also. Um, we can learn from also other people wahala and circumstances. So we can try to avoid it, especially like financial planning, life planning, you know, um, that's a big thing for me in this new decade. Um, I'm not 40 yet soon, but <laughs> I will be. Um, and, and I think it's very strategic for me to be thinking, okay, you know, how my what legacy do I want to to leave for my children? You know, in the next decade, um, a lot will a lot of things will be happening. Um, by God's grace, like my daughter will go to college. Hopefully, you know, I'll get married again, have more children, tie in King Day, you know, to add to the clan, um, and <laughs> God willing. But um, also, you know, the businesses, finances investments um is is very strategic to get your life in order even like what i've accomplished so far now you know i think looking back there's a lot of great things that i've accomplished um relationship wise financially um emotionally physically and i want to be able to get things like in order um and, and be able to say that oh you know there's certain traditions that um that have been passed down in our family and some new traditions that i want to start so one thing that i want to start is having like a family um a family bible and also or bible so i i'll have like one in english and one in yoruba um and um and get it engraved like this is our family bible that i want to be passed down um, from generation to generation to to show the importance of the word of god because it's really god's word <laughs> which um 
has been um, a word, has been a light and a lamp to my feet in, in my life um, and, and a guide um, to my survival. Um, the word of God that that really um, has transformed and, and took me out of a lot of wahala. Like in this past decade, you know, I got locked up for three days. People don't know that. Like I tell people, you know, I went from the prison to the palace. I'm, I'm similar to Joseph. Um, and um, I had a lot of fear and just pain and just anger from that situation. And God turned it around like in the same prison that I got locked up in. I was able, you know, to turn it around and, and start, you know, ministering and, and volunteering at that um, at that prison, the cab prison. And I was able to donate Bibles um, because one of the things that I didn't like, like the three days I was locked up, I kept asking, like, I want to see the chaplain, you know, I want to get access to a Bible. And I didn't have access to it. And, you know, and I thought that it was so easy. And so many um, churches and organizations, faith-based organizations, um, like in the past, and missionaries used to donate a lot and go and visit people in prison because everybody in prison ain't, you know, um, ain't guilty, y'all. Even Jesus got locked up and beaten up and crucified because of us. Um, and but people forget that that is it's not everybody in prison that is um, guilty. So and like even like visiting people in hospitals, paying for some people's. Um, medical bills and people that can't pay for their children's school fees like you know like what are the things that you want to be known for you know um that you touch and transform people's lives like I believe that you're a blessing like God has blessed you with your unique um, talent and skill to use your time and and that talent and that treasure to be a blessing to others like What's the point of having all these blessings and skills and God forbid you die today with it? Like, you never had to touch anybody's life. You don't go carry anything. Like, if you have money, you achieve so much, you acquire so much wealth. It's all vanity at the end of the day. Um, what is more important is, you know, the life that you live, the people, that how you use that talent um, and and those skills and, and treasures and your time to touch and transform other people's lives. And that's one of the reasons why I even started um I got this passion to do this Wellness and Wahala podcast. Shout out again to Lovey for her podcast one-on-one training. But, you know, I think it's extremely important. I really, most of the time, don't have the time, you know. And I was like, okay, let me, you know, you know, after I finish with helping with homework and doing some other tasks and cooking, trying to get the house in order, like, you know, there's so much women are like super women, like, God bless like all women and even shout out to a lot of guys like that hold it down like I know some single guys that you know hold it down and and they're just great fathers there's very few great fathers out there but the ones that are big ups like it's so attractive like when I see a man (laughs) that is holding it down and is so responsible and I have a lot of friends um that that are extremely um, responsible and taking care of their children, like Muhammad, like Tanchala, just um, Lanre, like just a couple of my friends and and cousins. Um, that you know, Hakeem, like shout out to all of y'all. That um, we everybody that take care of their children um, and and really sacrifice. Um, there's not a lot of men. A lot of men have dropped the ball. <laughs> um, uh, being the 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 leaders in the home um 
And a lot of that is, especially in our African community and black community, you know, it's just an attack. And I think women, we're way more powerful than we think um, to transform um, our men and our sons and our brothers. Um, So like even what I've learned, like in this past decade, you know, um, and, um, you know, personally with my ex, I don't like to go into talking into the details of, you know, what happened and why I got divorced. But I, you know, the, one of the lessons that I've learned from that situation is, you know, you can't change, you know, anybody <laughs> like that's out of your jurisdiction, but you can pray for them. And I know that, and I know the power of prayer. Like I'm someone that got locked up, you know, that didn't supposed to be locked up, but got locked up three days. And, you know, in those three days I was locked up, I totally fasted. So now that scripture came alive that, you know, man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out the mouth of God, like thank God for reading scriptures and having them inscribed and memorized in my heart because I didn't have access to no Bible, nothing, you know? So, and praise songs, like that's all I can do. Like, and I remember on the third day I was so frustrated and even they were like, Oh, well, you know, since everybody has been good for the week, you know, um, the, you know, my roommate was like, okay, you know, we can go outside, you know, to the playground and in the prison, you know, um, and, you know, I was telling my roommate, like, no, I'm not going to go out. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm going to just stay up in the room because I just went to have a pray session with God. She was like, what? Girl, they hardly let us go out. Like, this is the time, you know, you need to go out. Can't just be locked up. We always locked up. You know, the only time they let you out maybe like twice just to come out and eat some food and the food is so horrible like I would not even get my dog like <laughs> the food that they serve in prison is just a hot mess um so I fasted all those three days like the only time um I you know I felt very weak I was like oh I need just some water um so that's it like even the water fountain was so dirty so like my roommate and you know another uh, another prison prisoner um it, she had diabetes so you know they always gave her extra water for her medicine so she'll give me some more water I was like okay because we made a deal so I was like look I give you all this nasty food because she liked the food <laughs> the nasty bologna sandwiches and bread and shit I was like look you take this and but I just need some water you know what I'm saying so when you get your medicine just get an extra cup of water and then she and then she'll get me um some water so you know showing love like to everybody and you know at first like she was like oh you're Nigerian you know what I'm saying y'all be stuck up you know and I'm like no like it's all love I was like we all Africans and you know and and um you know she didn't really talk to me the first day but like the third day you know she was almost crying when I was about to leave you know gave her a hug and I prayed for her and you know, after that, after I volunteered anonymously, was, you know, making donations to the prison for Bibles, the chaplain now asked them to say, oh, please get her contact. And when he contacted me, he said, oh, we're having a volunteer award banquet. And I always um, donated in, in um, the name of my foundation called ACD Foundation. Um, action community developer. So it's, I'm on IG, Facebook, everything. So, but basically, um, my organization is registered in Nigeria and also here in Atlanta. And it was, um, it was touching when, you know, he, 
he contacted me. I, I dropped my card at my organization. Of course, my, my name is on there. He sent me an email. They called me like it was late in the night too. Like the war banquet was like, you know, the next day he called me like at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. at night. Like, sorry, I'm coming, calling late, but you know, we want to give you an award. You know, you've been um, volunteering and donating Bibles anonymously, you know, in the name of your organization for the past two years. And it was just like an honor, like how God could turn what was so painful um, as someone that's been locked up to now get an award and be honored in the same prison that I was locked up for like three days. Um, but that shows a lot of my character. Like I don't um, let that fearful and horrible situation turn me down. Like I use that for God. Like I went to God, I said, God, you know, speak to me like, you know, if that's like the only reason why you even took me there and say, okay, look, people need Bibles. People need to hear the word of God. When I talked to some other person, I mean, some people were in there for it because they weren't paying tickets. And, you know, one girl, you know, she was pregnant, young teenage girl, and she was locked up, you know, you know, because her boyfriend always beat her up. But this time, you know, like she, you know, fought back and picked up a knife or whatever. He called the police on her and she locked up in there with, you know, pregnant. Yo, and prison ain't nowhere for nobody, especially not for no pregnant chick. So it, it, it was just a very shocking experience for me. Um, and like Jesus died like three days. Like I was just trying to put a lot of like stuff like in alignment. Like when we say we're going to be Christians we and become like Christ, like you're pretty much saying that you for the join a war, like a spiritual war, you know, it's, it's good or evil. Ain't anything in between. And when you're trying to do things God way, like against um, the status quo, you, you will be crucified and you will go through fire, but he promised that you won't be burned, you know, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they, they thrown in the lion's den, lion's den touched them, they thrown in fire and they came out untouchable, you know, so, um, but God didn't promise that you're not going to go through the fire. He promised that, you know, you're not going to burn and he's going to take you out, even if you do. And um, people are martyred and everything. Everything, all things work together. We don't know why, you know, even some good people will pass away. And, you know, sometimes I'm very down, like, why, you know, my dad didn't live longer, you know. Um, but I thank God for the opportunity that, you know, he was here and the times that I had with him. Um, and it also taught me to value my mom more. Um, and like your parents, you know, no matter what, like, you know, our parents are not perfect. I'm not perfect, you know, so, um, especially elderly, they're very vulnerable and they sacrifice a lot, especially us that, you know, first generation, like our parents left everything. My mom and dad were civil servants. Like they worked in the ministry. They came here like diplomats, like the Nigerian government sent them here to go to school, you know, and they were paying them on allowance, like good money. Like, and then when they came to America, you know, in the late seventies, like the Naira was good. It was equivalent to, you know, the pounds, um, sterling because it's a British, former British colony, um, the Federal Republic of Nigeria. So they came, I think my mom showed me her exchange, um, Bureau de Exchange, foreign exchange receipt. And, you know, when my dad and them came, my dad came first and then my mom came right after the year after. And when he came with like, let's say 2,000 Naira, it was equivalent to 2,000 They got like 4,000 dollars like Naira was more than you know Africans we're rewards people don't tell the real story that's another day uh another episode we're gonna talk about um 
how like I've seen this years ago with with um, having the vision. I was a founder of my African Culture Association and at the University of Illinois. And this year is a very strategic year. It's 2020, but it's also the 20th anniversary of being the founder of the African Student Union, predominantly white university, less than 6% blacks and minorities. And, you know, they had a Lacasta Student Union, an Asian Student Union, but no African Student Union. So the Africans and the Caribbeans got together and were like, look, African Culture Association, me and my girl, Ama, um, who's Ghanaian, was a co-founder, and my sister, and we just, you know, um, came up to register the organization as a student organization, like how you register sororities and fraternities, and we got a lot of the, the black fraternities involved um, and to become a member, and a lot of the Africans um, came together, and, and our first theme of our launch of our year was called Africa Unite. Um, and getting the blacks and the Africans and the, the Caribbeans on campus to come together. And um, and now to see like the year of return and seeing a lot of our African-American brothers and sisters. And we've been doing this since like a lot of our African-American friends, you know, we bring them into our home. They know my mom, you know, they know that you're about greetings, you know, it's an Ekaro mom, you know, hi, mommy, you know, um, they need down and and dobale, um, and greetings um, when we graduate. Like before, you know, anybody has started like, you know, making Africans look cool, wearing an African attire like my mom since we were little we always rocked African attires and especially like at crucial events like at graduations and parties and birthday parties and everything we my mom would get especially sent you know our aunt cries our actual case our lace from Nigeria and my grandma would either sew it or my mom would sew it and we would be looking fly or she'll get a tailor you know as we got older we're like mom no we want more you know cooler styles you know what I'm saying so, uh, and even for um, all of my graduations from undergrad, you know, University of Illinois to Emory and even to, to Capella, you know, I wore Nigerian lace. We have the Nigerian flag out, you know, so in the big auditorium, my family is repping. Um, with the Nigerian flag so I can see them and they wear all their African towns and my sister Titi um, Lopet who is known as Titi Loki her stage name she's an Afro trap Afro beat star look her up Titi Loki follow her but her um, and her friends and her sorority members she's a Delta shout out to them you know she went back to Nigeria and even Morocco and even when she graduated like they all took Asha B Asha B in our culture is like Asha B like you take clothes like your friends, your close friends and family take African outfits and clothes to match. You know what I'm saying? So she took, like, I should be with her, you know, African-American friends when she graduated, you know, undergrad. And they all wore, you know, African outfits. So we've been, like, trying to link, you know, um, our, our African-American friends and, and show them love and come back to Africa with us. And not, like, as a tourist. Like, it's so much better. That's why I think Afrochella, you know, the year of return is so good because you take a lot of um, the, what they're doing in Ghana. Shout out to President Nana. But a lot of, like, the Ghanaian-American, like, superstars have been going back. Porous Cujo, you know, um, Boo St. John, Boss. She's a boss, babe, you know, um, and a single mom, like, she's doing the damn thing. And just so many, like, Ghanaian-American, like, celebrities, and even, like, other African-Americans, Nigerian-Americans, you know what I'm saying, celebrities, like, have been going back, and, and they've been going along with their American 
friends and it's, it's just been a great experience and being a lifeline like that's what I see as our generation is to be a lifeline and to get a lot of our African-American sisters and brothers back home to the motherland and not just to visit you know what I'm saying but to invest to come back like invest in real estate property businesses and 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 really try to come back every year you know like when I retire I am going back to do what I like my mom always told us like we're african-american but we're african first you know um but I am blessed I always say mommy but I'm both I'm both you know so I'm always struggling like you know but it's I, I I'm blessed because you know being african is blessed um a Nigerian I'm proud you know I rep the green right and green but I also am proud um to be an American. Shout out to my armed um, forces. You know, we have Veteran um, Day, but today is Armed Forces Day in Nigeria. So shout out to, you know, all the armed forces, all the people that lay down their lives to protect us, our nation, our people. Um, my guy, General Dapo, and just a whole bunch of my armed forces, um, friends and family members that lay down their lives daily to protect us. Um, it's, it's a big price. Um, peace is not free, you know? So on that note, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. And I wish you no wahala this week and continue to like and follow and share my podcast with your loved ones and friends. Thank you. Mwah.